Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's called The Live Wire, led by Josh Fitty Marlowe. Shroppy, let's play that thing. Live wires on the team connect. Get respect for their realness. I know you feel this. Oh, yeah, we do got some uh, hot <laughs> audio to play you today. All right. Um, we're going to start. We heard from uh, Panthers legend Jake DeLome back in the 1 o'clock hour. We're going to listen to him again right here because a lot of people are giving their thoughts, their opinions on Thomas Brown, the Panthers' new play caller. And Jake DeLome was brutally honest when he told KB, I don't know what to expect from him. I don't know what Thomas Brown's going to look like calling plays. I don't. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Yes, we understand the whole Sean McVay background and the, you know the jet sweeps and the, all the nakeds and the boots and the things that they do with the Rams. I'm not so sure exactly if that's going to be, you know, what his flavor is, what he wants to do. And he certainly didn't give any indication of what he wanted to do when you watched his press conference because I watched that intently. He's extremely well spoken. He's very very intelligent. So I have a feeling. There's going to be a few new wrinkles, maybe something different that he thinks we can maybe do a little bit better. But I think a lot of it's going to come from the growth of the young quarterback. I think that's where the improvement comes. Uh, I thought that that was interesting comments from him because that's what I've been saying, too. I've been preaching that what are the four or five plays that are going to show show us that this is a different regime, that this is going to look different than what we've seen from Frank Reich? Because they talk about how collaborative – uh, that their unison has been. And so I'm wondering if Frank Reich knows some of the things that Thomas Brown wants to do but did not implement it and wanted to wait until this day came. Or did Thomas Brown just have some stuff in the stash that he's been waiting to uh, ask about to be able to implement once he is the guy? But I'm in the same boat as Jake DeLome. What is he going to do that's going to be different because – uh, he has to get in there and give you some wrinkles. Otherwise, this is just a waste of everybody's time. You know, I think you look back and, and if you put a lot of stock in him coming from the McVay tree, I think you're going to see more play action rollouts, a much more mobile pocket. And I think that's something you've got to be frustrated with the first six games, given the way Carolina failed to protect Bryce. Yeah. Why would you not get him in a much more mobile pocket Get him out there on the edge where if there's nothing there, he can just tuck it and run and get three, four yards. Yeah. Those are positive plays. So I, I think that's that's one thing that not only am I hoping to see that, man, I'm expecting to see that because there's no excuse to get him out from a pocket that cannot protect him. So it's going to be interesting. I, I do think there's a confidence in Thomas Brown's voice that there isn't in Bryce or, or in Frank Reich's. I think we're going to see a much more – put together game plan uh, from the new play caller of the Panthers moving on. We watched Monday night football game, right? Look, it was a fun compa- uh, competitive game. The Cowboys pulled out a 20 to 17 win. Okay. There was 19 flags uh, that were, there were 19 penalties that were committed in the game. Those were just accepted penalties. There were more penalties served throughout the game. Well, Tom Brady went on his uh, let's go podcast and, uh, He says he wants to see fewer flags in the NFL. There's so many different violations in football. I would actually like to see less violations called. You know, focus on the important ones and let some other things go. I saw DK Metcalf got penalized for 
unnecessary roughness. He's, you know, it would, I don't know whether it's unnecessary or not, but all I know is the defender's got every right to, you know, push back on DK, but he doesn't do it. So DK throws him on the ground. They throw a flag. I'm like, I don't understand what the flag is. This is football. This is not, Yeah. this is not, you know, this is not, you know, this isn't touch football. This is real football. <laughs> and I think the physicality, which people really enjoy, I certainly enjoyed. I, I love that physical element of the sport. I don't think we should ever lose that. And I think that we are, you know, there's so many people that are, you know, want it less and less physical. It's a, it's, it's more like flag football, which is going to be in the Olympics in 2028. You know, which maybe football goes to flag football over a period of time. And I don't think fans will like that that much. Then everyone should stop bitching about, you know, unnecessary roughness calls. Man, that's my quarterback right there, man. Hard nose. He wants to smoke. He wants the physicality. I'm here for it, Tom. I'm with you 100%. As far as the helmet to helmet hits, you can get rid of that. Maybe the defenseless players, you can get rid of that. But yeah, man, some of this stuff, like I was. Uh, and Dave and Buss is at my son's friend's birthday party. And during the 49ers game, when they called, um, I think it was Gibson on that hit on the Browns. And I'm just sitting there like, dude, it was legal. Like, but if the hit even looks violent, the refs are going to throw the flag. And it's like, yeah, I don't want guys getting stretched out. But Jesus, man, I mean, defenders, it is just so hard for them to navigate through the pass interferences that seem to happen every time there's a deep ball to these hits now that if it looks too violent, you're going to get 15 yards. The ironic part about this is, has there been a player in the NFL that has whined or complained more about wanting more flags because he didn't like getting hit more than Tom Brady? (laughs) That's the thing. What he's saying in theory is very much correct. But we watched this guy for two decades whine and complain if he got touched, asking for flags. And, I mean, how many rules are in the rule book to protect quarterbacks because of Brady? And, look, the NFL wants their quarterbacks healthy because they are what drives us to watch the games ultimately. But, I mean, one-third of the quarterback rule book is because of Tom Brady. You got the tuck rule. You got can't get hit below the legs. I mean – Everything that's in the rule book to protect quarterbacks, you could look at Tom Brady and say he's a big reason why. Yeah, I think that uh, a lot of people are giving Tom Brady grief on the text line saying the same things that you said, man. But uh, I do agree with the sentiment, though. Let's get a little bit less flags in the game. All right, Shroppy, I'm gonna, I might need you to pull up the foul line for the next cut we're about to play um, because Micah Parsons – who, who has his own podcast for God knows why, uh, went on his podcast after the Cowboys won on Monday Night Football and called out the haters of the Cowboys and, and wants the same smoke there to be for the Eagles and the 49ers. We want the same energy for everybody because there's a whole bunch of bashing when it's Dak Prescott, but not the same when it's the Eagles. I got time today, okay? So why is it that we are just scrubs and we're nobodies that don't deserve to be on the field and we're just all talk. But there's a hundred excuses for these other these other teams. Like if y'all just want to hate Cowboys Nation, just say y'all hate Cowboys Nation. But don't sit here and throw shade on us. Keep the same energy for everybody. I just want the same energy for everybody because people, I feel like those analysts are failing. Drop hit it. Oh, they'll look at this buddy. to see whether this is a flagrant. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this I was coming today. See that again. <laughs> you got to think that's going to be a flagrant. The question is, is it a one or a two? <laughs> <laughs> no, 
This is why players do not need their own podcast because they talk out of their ass. A, <laughs> if you go to Philadelphia, if you go to San Francisco, their team are being held accountable just like you are. But that quote where, oh, I don't want to be hated on, that's what's wrong with the current Cowboys. The teams in the 90s, they didn't give a damn. They'd commit. They'd, they'd do drugs Monday through Saturday, <laughs> show up on Sunday, and kick that ass. But these players now, oh, we don't want the pressure. You play for the Dallas Cowboys. You play for America's team. There's always going to be pressure when it has been 26 years since you played in an NFC title game. You've won four playoff games in 26 years in a city in a state that eats, sleeps, drinks, pees, poops, football. <laughs> you gotta win in the postseason, Micah. Because if you if, if if you win in January and in February, guess what? Stephen A. can't can't make his jokes. He can't yeah. put on that cowboy hat and go. <laughs> None of that crap happens if you win. And man, I love Micah Parsons. He's the best defensive pass rusher I've seen play in a Cowboys uniform. Because I didn't, I didn't get to see Charles Haley. Okay. I didn't get to see some of those dudes from the Doomsday defense. But, dude, shut up and win. You got ran over by the Arizona freaking Cardinals, man. You deserve all the smoke. Shut the hell up. Okay, let's get it. You got fire fizzle today, and you got Fitty going to the foul line, and I had to agree with you 100%. That's why I didn't say a word. I just let you cook right there, okay, because I agree with you, too. Michael Parsons is tripping. He seems to forget about that loss to the Cardinals. He seems to forget that, yes, everybody does hate Dallas because they are so popular, and there are going to be a lot of haters when there's a lot of lovers of said team, but there's also a contingent yourself and my mother included of Cowboys fans <laughs> who do hold the team accountable and they do give them a hard time when they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Michael Parsons does need to chill out a little bit on the mic. I do agree with you, especially guys doing podcasts during the season where you play the game and then you go and hop on the mic after said game. It just sounds like whining and crying to me. So Fitty, I second you on those emotions. This 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 was coming because remember <laughs> he, he talked after the Arizona loss and I and I was just like bro you can't you can't talk after you got ran over by the worst team in football at the time yeah. I think the Bears are worse uh, than than the Cardinals are and then the, the other night oh we want everyone to be held a, <laughs> I, I know the Niners get held accountable. I yeah. know the – but you're, they're not the Cowboys. Yeah. They're not the talking point that the Cowboys are right, wrong, or indifferent. That's what you sign up for when you put the star on your helmet, man. Yeah. And I want my guys, the great guys, to embrace it. Don't run from it. It's a privilege. It's – and uh, – and, and the thing was that Arizona dominated Dallas as did San Francisco. And so the 49ers, that loss to the Browns, the Browns are a mediocre team. Yeah, they had P.J. – uh, PJ out there, PJ Walker, but they lost a close game. And then the Eagles, the same thing. Like the Jets are a fringe team and they lost a close game. And so they weren't dominated twice. But yeah, uh, I'm with you 100%.